From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. As we hit the holiday season, we present to you this podcast as a gift that is the gift that keeps on giving. Too bad, like other gifts, um, it's actually being delivered a little bit late. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 250. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who says that you can only call him Master, Sir, and Your Highness. What a charmer. <laughs> he is Mike also known as MFG. You know, herpes is a gift that keeps on giving too, but, you know, you kind of have to uh, let, the, I, let the audience know how we're being referred to. I, I was about to say, you know, I don't want to be referred to synonymous with a rash. I mean, I mean, <laughs> too late for that. I'm putting it lightly. I'm putting it a little bit lightly. I apologize. <laughs> too late for that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's, uh, it's near the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, winter has definitely come in here like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> winter, yeah. winter just popped in like with jazz hands and a smile. I'm here. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Here in New York, a lot of people, you, you, there's, you can never please everybody. You have the people last year saying, it's 60 degrees in December. It's really messed up. And then they turn around this year and they're like, it's 30 degrees in December. What's going on? So oh, yes. <laughs> in, in New York, you can never win. So that observation, I agree with you. But <laughs> I mean, it's December. Guys, get over it. It's yeah. the Northeast. Yeah. And it's almost Christmas time for those that celebrate Christmas and almost New Year. So, you know. Oh, yeah, this goodness. Yeah. But so for the last, the last time Damn. I have. A horror film or thriller where black people live to the end. And I asked our illustrious other host, Ralph the Tech, how much, uh, what, what he thought was going to be his chance of actually getting this correct. He said, I'm going to go for a hard, impossible, you know, just insane. And I'm not. Really? No, this one's, it's, it's a nice easy one. It's a nice, it's not saying, it's, a, it's not a gimme, but it is easy. He's lulling us to sleep before the new year when he hits us with his new segment of whatever he's doing. Oh yeah, the new segment that's coming up, I'm not even going to tell you, it's going to be hard. So take this while you can. <laughs> we, we will, because I'll say this, out of all of the Mike Riddle segments, I think I'm probably have the highest success rate with this one. Wow, that's not good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here we go. Alrighty, so remember, it's a horror film or thriller where black people live to the end. It's a thought so agonizing. Florida's government is advising residents to not watch the last 10 minutes of any movie as a precaution. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, you need to name the actor, actress, and the name of the movie from this clue. Right. It's a twofer. Alrighty, Lieutenant Mike Harrigan is a Los Angeles police officer chasing down an extraterrestrial that is murdering gang members and drug cartels in this 1990 sequel. Oh, you just threw me off right there. Say that again. Oh, here we go. One more time for the hose at home. Lieutenant Mike Harrigan is a Los Angeles police officer chasing down an extraterrestrial that is murdering gang members and drug cartels in this 1990 sequel. So let me get the, uh, the actor that played Lieutenant Mike Harrigan and also the name of the movie. And you will get that after the quick news. Okay, I think I got it, but we'll see about that. But... Let me introduce our other illustrious host, and he's the man who, I mean, Mike says, call him Master Sir and Your Highness. He just wants you to call him over for dinner, but you got to make sure the Diet Coke is on tap. He is RT Squared, Ralph the Tech. 
What? <laughs> See, that's why I, I don't call him any of that. I call him Uranus. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Whoa. The atmosphere is very light. <laughs> that's, not, that's not where I thought he was going. Um, so the other day, I answered this ad for uh, a job posting. I thought it would be pretty simple. It said, you know, uh, looking for people to assemble things, uh, very light work, short hours, um, commute. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds interesting. So I answer the ad. Next thing I know, I'm in the North Pole. I'm on a, ooh, on a whole like assembly line with these like uh, elves. You can't call them elves, apparently. <laughs> they're, they're just... Uh, what are they? Uh, non-unionized employees. <laughs> that's that's uh, Those are their words, not mine. Short tempered? Uh, yeah. Short height? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though they have tons of candy for some reason. They seem like really wired or anything, right? So, so anyways, I'm on the assembly line putting toys together. And then uh, next thing you know, this big, like, jolly guy comes in the room and says, you motherfuckers better hurry the fuck up. I'm like, what? Santa? He's like, no, that was Fred, Santa's brother. Oh, God. I can't believe he dragged that in. Santa then comes in and says, Fred, get the hell out of there. Why are you bothering the elves? He's like, oh, they're, they're still behind. He's like, what? Tell those little fuckers to hurry up. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. So as I'm there mindlessly, I'm just like lost in it now, just like putting toys together. I'm like a freaking machine. I was going crazy. The elves are now getting jealous at me because I'm putting more toys together than they are, right? And as, as I hit that flow, I'm hitting a million. I hit that million toy, right? And a thought occurs to me. You can kill more than two birds with one stone as long as you know where that stone landed. <laughs> the fact that we're talking about killing birds is already dark enough. <laughs> I mean, come on, you gotta eat. Damn. <laughs> what are all the elves for? <laughs> oh man. No, listen, man. If you don't provide food for the elves, you're the food. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so 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 the elves are like trolls? Something like that. I can't believe we're even discussing this a little bit more further. Than I can't it believe is. he had a story without a portal in it. I was just gonna say that too. <laughs> well, the portal's how I got to the North Pole. Ah, you left that out. <laughs> I thought it was implied. Yeah, normally. Yeah, well, I thought it was implied that when you get places without a portal, you're Dominican. It was probably a cab. <laughs> or you stole the car. Or you stole the car, yeah. right. <laughs> All right. So let's go into today's um, today's main course. So today, we're going to cover the end of the series that put the F in what the F. But was the ending tied up nicely in a bow? Or real straight like a rope ready to trip you at the ankles? These questions and more will be answered as we review the Max series, Doom Patrol, Season 4, Episodes 7 through 12. But first, tis the season for gifts. Oh, and Mike's our residential Santa Claus, but his gifts are all about the geek happenings and the geek stuff. So here he is, Mike, ho ho, and his quick news. And now, the quick news. Brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news intro was brought to you by Sober. Son of a bitch, everything's real. <laughs> Underwritten by Little Snuffy. <laughs> uh, I like that one. That's kind of what it is <laughs> when you're sober. All righty. <laughs> like Scrooge before his first ghostly visitation... Warner Brothers Discovery has been a miser of big and small screen comic book entertainment. But like Ebenezer after his last haunting, 
uh, WBD is allowing DC Studios to give us something eventually. Uh, Co-CEO James Gunn gave an update on the first small screen offering from the new DC Universe umbrella. The animated series Creature Commandos is slated for a 2024 release. The series is based on the DC Comics team of the same name, which follows a group of military superhumans headed by Amanda Waller and is composed of a a human leader, a werewolf, a vampire, Frankenstein's monster, and a gorgon. Now, you notice that the release year is all that is available. We still have to stay tuned for a narrow time frame. Hmm. Are they more of a heat miser or a cold miser? Um, oh my god uh, I don't know <laughs> I never liked that that, that cartoon by the way <laughs> The Euro Without a Santa Claus I believe Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I always love that one I, See I'm, I'm more of a Rudolph Frosty guy So when they showed that one I'm like Euro Without Santa Claus This is bullshit <laughs> I was 8 when I said that by the way You seem more like a misfit toy kind of guy I, I uh, Please <laughs> I'm a Charlie in the box <laughs> That was really good by the way <laughs> Love that one too well, What's the name of the elf? Um, oh, what's his name? Was it, was it? It wasn't Doug, was it? It was something with a D. Yeah, but what, what's interesting is that he told I'm a dentist. I'm like, no, Papa. Your problem is not a dentist. Your problem is you want to come out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him, too, because he was just like, I'm going to be a dentist no matter what. I'm going to put teeth I'm going to be the- a dentist. I'm like, you're going to be a ballet star. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to what you were saying about, about the cartoon. So it's interesting that one of the first releases they're looking to do is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like a soft oh, launch, I guess. I suppose. Hermley. Hermley, oh, it wasn't a D at all. Oh, I, I think oh. the D is for dentist. The D is what he was looking for. I guess. <laughs> I Damn, Mike beat me to the joke. <laughs> hey, you cut me off, and you're like, I got this. <laughs> I got it. Relax. <laughs> that one's mine. <laughs> Cap, you'll probably stutter on it. I got it. You'll stutter on the D. I got this. <laughs> so interesting. Now, quick question before we move on to the next um, thing. Um, Mike, you're fa- are you familiar with this title? Um, the, the, uh, this cartoon they're coming out with. Am I familiar with Creature Commanders? Right. I've probably read like an issue here or there, some randomly. I nothing that I could say I know about the group. Because I was going to ask you, should we expect um, the glory of new fallen snow, or is it like a lump of coal? Oh, God knows. I mean, it, DC is just—you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't know what you're going to get. But it's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Oh, why? But it's like an old box of chocolate where you know most of it's probably gone bad. You're hoping you find something good, and you might not. But let's keep our minds open. M is for Marvel. Shout out to M is for Marvel. Always like, <laughs> see, and that's why I don't watch. I don't. I don't look at DC. Anytime it's DC, I don't watch it. You gotta open your mind. You know, I mean, DC is one of the best companies around for years, comic book wise. Mm-hmm. Movie wise, another story. Hopefully, they can catch up. Right, we'll see. Yes. So, what else we got, Mike? Well, last but not least, death. Oh, (laughs) well, of a career. Uh, For those that must be living under a rock, this is news. Jonathan Majors has been fired from Marvel. Sorry, it was just easier to rip off the band-aid in one swift move. Uh, The Kang the Conqueror actor was found guilty by a jury for third-degree reckless assault as well as second-degree harassment. Majors could face up to a year in jail, but most New York City legal experts say that that is virtually unlikely and that he would most likely face up to three years probation at most. Although it must be applauded that Disney and Marvel waited until there were guilty verdicts before releasing Majors from his contract, <laughs> fans are still disappointed and wondering what the studio will do for an overarching villain, uh, you know, change actors or change direction. Fans have also noticed the racial inequality between the big studios, with Majors' immediate firing at Marvel, 
versus DC sticking with Ezra Miller's Flash film despite video of him of them, excuse me, choking and throwing a woman in Hawaii, threatening a woman in Berlin because they couldn't smoke inside her apartment. Another string of arrests for disorderly conduct and harassment in Hawaii. Another arrest in Hawaii for second-degree assault against a woman. Grooming and controlling a teenager, including taking their phone, ID, passport, and giving them LSD. Being the subject of a restraining order for menacing a mother and her 11-year-old child. Harboring another young mother and her three children under the age of five in an unsafe home littered with unattended guns and breaking and entering and stealing from a neighbor's home. All these incidents were in a 12-month time period. Mm -hmm. Justice might be blind, but it isn't colorblind. But was he convicted? He was arrested for these things. But was he convicted? Um, Oh, actually, I think he... I, one of them, I think he actually did I have to... I think one of them he did, but I don't know about the rest. I think for the uh, the breaking and entering, he had right. to pay the settlement, da 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 But either way, it's just settlement. like, this is all, Yeah. No but, conviction. But that's all, not the same. I mean... Let's also not forget that this is not happening in a vacuum. Disney had also dealt with um, problematic actors and firing them. Perfect example, Johnny Depp on um, um, Pirates of the Caribbean. And and they they fired him. Prema- I mean, a lot of people feel prematurely. So I think Disney learned from some of their mistakes. I mean, it, I mean, you know, are there racial lines being drawn? Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking that Disney learned from their mistakes with Johnny Depp, and also learned from what DC did, mm-hmm. and said because they waited all the way until it was like, and Jonathan Majors is guilty. I swear to God, that next headline was like, right oh, yeah, it was and, within an hour. Definitely. And Marvel fires yeah. Jonathan Majors. Yeah. What about that? Uh, <laughs> The one who the actress in Mandalorian. Oh, oh um, I can't think of her name. Um, 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 Gina Carano. Yes, because she said what was it, anti-Semitic things, right? She 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 said anti-Semitic things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that one they did pretty quickly. She so. did Disney proud. Oh, wow. <laughs> Walt Disney, not exactly. Disney the company. <laughs> but I mean, I I do think you know that Disney took a different approach this time. I mean, because think about all the all the. All the cancellations they've done—they canceled James Gunn when all that when all those tweets came out. You know, they, they they've done it numerous times. So I think they approached it differently. But um, do you th- do you really feel like they treated it differently because of you know racially that he was a different person? Oh, I don't know. I just think it's just it's. The, I'm looking at it not so much uh, um, Disney versus DC. I'm just looking at it as Hollywood in general. Mm, okay. Uh, in my particular view, but um, but no, I mean, I, I think they handled it the best they could. I mean, it is kind of really a touchy thing of what are you going to do. I'm just really sad. Not even for the Kang thing. It's just that Jonathan Majors. Just he's just a really good actor. Yeah. So I hope, uh, you know, um, between appeals for different things and stuff like that, for things that hadn't come out in trial or were not allowed in trial, he can appeal for blah blah blah, blah that. Um, you know, his career isn't completely ruined. I mean, I, I'm fine if Kang doesn't happen or whatever they need to do. I just hope it's not ruined. So is anyone, though, hoping for not Kang or someone else playing Kang? I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to say that. Ralph, what do you think? I feel that they've already invested so much in the Kang storyline. I mean, they named one of their movies Kang Dynasty. Yeah, right. Well, that's changed. the one that hasn't come out yet. And that's yeah. the one that they would get rid of. I, I get that. But like, they've already invested so much in developing this storyline. Mm-hmm. And then I get it. Like the the way that I don't know if you finished Loki, but the mm-hmm. way that they finished it mm-hmm. off, 
it's pretty much like they were already saying like the verdict wasn't even out yet and they're already pretty much Mm -hmm. writing the character off well they were leaving it open-ended um you know which is smart i mean that's what you're going to do it's just your business well they left it open-ended but they left it where it was an end that you could be okay with yeah and say we could push this aside for now we need to revisit it again right but i already feel like they've they've invested so much in in creating this storyline and they've left us now anticipating some sort of really good you know, development for the Kang character. Well, because also it's just like, you know, I mean, we know that for God knows reason, people keep throwing around uh, Dr. Doom. I I don't get the, I don't know where of all villains that just pops in from, but anyhow, it's, it's too late for another villain. And I'm not saying that they have to go with Kang. I'm just saying it's then either they need to just not have any major (laughs) overarching villain at all and then think of something else, but it's just too late to correct that ship. And I don't know if it's true because I have not researched this. Someone else said that that they believe that Jonathan Majors has it in his contract that if he's not playing Kang, I think I, no one else yeah. can play Kang. I've only heard that. I haven't invested it. Uh, I think you and I discussed that. I don't know if it was at the end of episode 249 or it was after we did the podcast. I remember us sitting here talking about right. that. But I right, heard yeah. that as well. Right, yeah. I don't know if it's true. But um, so if that's the case, then, yeah, they're kind of screwed. I mean, the most that they could possibly do is some other time traveler that's been like, yeah, you know, at the end of Loki, you guys did blah, 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 blah. That opened the door for me just to keep the same feel going, you know. Because also, like, I, when I think of Doctor Doom, at least normal Doctor Doom, I'm like, I don't think, you know, metaverse, uh, the multiverse and stuff like that. I don't think of this. Yeah. So you've already invested in this multiverse. I mean, you could bring back Dormammu. I mean, you know, he's a little, you know, he was just locked in his dimension, you know. Or, I mean, uh, somebody mentioned on, and I know Ralph watches a lot of the same YouTube channels that I watch. Um, I don't know if it was Emergency Awesome, shout out to Emergency Awesome, or on Screen Crush, they had mentioned the possibility that you could think, you could do Galactus. Yeah, you can introduce Galactus because you already introduced you already introduced Celestials, so you already yeah, introduced big but, body beings. And I mean, yeah, I mean they can because they've the, ignored it for so long, right? But at the same time, you yeah, but you can't really. I'm, and when I say can't, obviously, I'm I'm talking loosely. You can't do Galactus until you do Silver Surface, and you can't do Silver Surface until you do the Fantastic Four. Yeah, but you can you can do it's a, just the order because I mean you don't want the threat of Galactus and then the Fantastic Four. That just seems weird. It's the cart before the horse, at least for comic book people. I mean, I'm talking about obviously, right? You know, uh, of course, I, I just think that you can do. I feel like you can do Silver Surfer and Galactus without Fantastic Four in the beginning. So right now, you, you know, you're going to have to introduce this threat, and you have what a couple of years until until the, that next Avengers, where it would right. build up, and then maybe through Galactus being a threat, the Fantastic Four gets formed, and not that he gets dispatched. But remember, you've got two Avengers films, right? So that first Avengers film, they get their ass kicked. They get their ass kicked. And, you know, then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, who's going to defeat Galactus? And you've got this guy who's, you know, really smart and starting to come up with things. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's ways around it. What do you think, Ralph? I feel that... With your hands. It should not be. <laughs> Sometimes my feet, too. Nice. Um, I, that it shouldn't... I agree with Mike. It should not be Dr. Doom. If they're going to... I would love to see a better rendition of Zoom... Of Zoom. Of Doom... <laughs> Especially of Zoom, yeah, it's a better rendition of Zoom, of course, than in the past. But uh, of Doctor Zoom, Zoom is a definite villain that's affecting all of us throughout time. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, if they're gonna do uh, Doctor Doom, he should have his own like storyline mm-hmm. separate, and it should be magnificently done, like yeah. built up. Well, I think we were talking about that. Were we talking about it in the car a couple of weeks ago? Because I, I yeah. was saying, yeah, because I was saying that I think it should be a total build up. Like I don't think it should start out right away. Like it should, you know, he is friends with the Fantastic Four. It shouldn't even just be about like 
oh, we're going to wait for Doom to be the big bad. It should just be he is working with Richards. Um, there are actually the, the friends that they're supposed to be. They're, they're more friends. It, I want to see his jealousy build up. It's not it doesn't have to be a horrible accent in the first movie. I want to see Victor Von Doom's jealousy and and turn into hatred of Richard, but still he is smiling to his face. He's still not Doctor Doom, and that the Fantastic Four after let's say one movie and the next they're starting to face threats, and then we find out by the time the big reveal comes, it's Doom is organizing these threats against them. Right before he finally claims the title of Doctor Doom and gets his arm and stuff like that. I think that, I want the betrayal to feel real and to hurt, mm-hmm. even us as the audience. We know he's the bad guy, but I want to feel that his betrayal so that you almost, like with Thanos, I want to be able to sympathize somewhat yeah. with this man. Well, I don't want well, to- Well, that's all good villains, right, all right, good right. villains. I don't want it just to be like, oh, you know, I'm jealous of you, da, 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 now I'm your bad guy. It's like, oh, okay. I want to feel, it's not even a betrayal, I just want to feel his jealousy. I want to feel his- misunderstood betrayal or, or, or how he got hurt, even though it's wrong. I want that, you know, but we'll see. So um, the one, one of the characters that could be a, a decent villain if they do it right. Um, and it's by um, the Caps uh, favorite guy on screen crush. Uh, right. Binary. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> it's fun. Um, he, he mentioned that um, if, I mean, they've introduced the X-Men now, right? So if they do Loosely. that, yeah, if they do that right, you can have uh, Mr. Sinister as the big bad. But in what way, though? I, mean, I don't that, know. I mean, I'm just saying because he's, in a, know, he's in a different universe. You're like, oh, they, they could figure you know? they could figure something out if if they still do the War World kind of like um, Secret Wars yeah, and Secret Wars kind of thing. War World, you know, the patchwork Battle World. Yeah, Battle World. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like War World. I'm like, doesn't roll off the tongue that well. <laughs> yes. You shouldn't be writing. You shouldn't be doing the creative. I should not. <laughs> Wawa. You want to go Wawa? Mjolnir. Yeah. See, I got it right. Go ahead. Um, it, if they do that right, like it could, if they make him seem like the the reason why you have this whole battle world kind of a thing, eh, it, it could work out. Yes, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't see that that's where this has been building towards. But yeah, and, I mean, and then you can lot. have because then you can have introduce the X Men in in the same universe as the other people because now everything's coming together. Right. Well, well, we'll we'll see. It's going to be interesting how Marvel handles this going forward. Yeah, and I think DC is a little jealous because they're like, we would want a problem like that. <laughs> <laughs> you have other problems. <laughs> you got a bunch of problems. DC. You have Paul Giamatti as the Rhino, upside down, or no, I'm sorry, face down, running in a metal suit. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, we still have to see. Um, Nobody has to see anything Sony's offering right now. No, not Sony. Oh. Uh, for DC, we still have to go see the Aquaman movie that just released. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. to make our decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, the gritting of your teeth. <laughs> it's amazing. So, Mike, is that all your quick news? That is all the quick news I have. All right. So, Ralph, before we get to Mike's um, final Black People Don't Die in Horror films, um, do you have any quick news? Um, no. I figured no portals. <laughs> I mean, there have been portals, but none that you really. It's good to get a break from portals now and again. That's pretty good. You don't need need to know about all the portals. I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you. (laughs) There's some portals you should not know about. There's a lot of things I shouldn't know about. I end up finding out anyway. (laughs) So you went through a portal. uh, I've been through my share. (laughs) I've been through my share. Portals of euphemism. (laughs) So, Mike, um, please repeat that hint of the. Black people that don't die in horror films. 20 bucks, it's a movie I've never seen. Before. I bet you I know the movie. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it, that's shame on you. Uh, all right, so again, once again, the horror film and thriller where black people live till the end. 
Lieutenant Mike Harrigan is a Los Angeles police officer chasing down an extraterrestrial that is murdering gang members and drug cartels in this 1990 sequel. See, Alf. He's what a, is it? Alf. That's not a movie. That's a TV show. It's yeah. not even oh. violent. Oh. <laughs> it killed my head. <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Mindy. No. Yes. <laughs> okay. See, it's funny because I. E.T. Could you let me start? <laughs> You said 1990s. Phone home. No one answered. <laughs> it, you, I almost thought I had it mm-hmm. until you got to the end because he's saying horror film. I'm like horror film. Well, the horror film and oh, a thriller. Oh, oh. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, you, see, I'm I'm gonna be wrong because it's not a thriller and it's not a sequel. You said um, a lieutenant. Um, well, I think you're, you're think you're going too much on the horror and thriller. I've already done. You know, like, I was, I was I've thinking, already done other types of movies in this. I was know. thinking Alienation. Nobody should ever think of Alienation. Whoa! Ever Alienation wasn't bad. Okay. No, the movie wasn't that bad. The TV series, well, actually, they were both bad. But and and they're both endearing, but still don't watch them. Never <laughs> they're, seen. They're, they're both bad and they're both endearing. Jesus with the backhanded compliments. <laughs> Never but don't watch them either way. Okay, so I know I'm wrong there because I just thought. Black cop, and I thought something chasing down, um, chasing down criminals and stuff. I said, an alien killing them? Oh, that sounds like alienation or alien mind, or I can't remember which one. But Unfortunately, it wasn't because the movie was Predator Two with Danny Glover. Oh my God! <laughs> Never seen it, <laughs> and you should because it's actually pretty good it, for okay. for that time. Period. It was okay. No, for that time period and for a sequel, but it also helps. Um, it, it gives a little bit more color. Did you see Prey? Uh, the Hulu, um, not yet. One set in it. It's really good movie. I mean, it's really, it really. It's got its problems here and there, but it's really good movie. But um, there's a watch two before you see Prey. You don't need to watch any of the others in between. And it's not that big of a deal. It's just something that happens at the end of Predator Two that when you see it in Prey, you're like, oh my god, that's where that's from. You know, and that's it's kind of important. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Ralph, you wouldn't, you you didn't. Get, nah. I've never seen Predator, Predator Two. two. I've I've so you've seen one and you've seen the others. I saw Predator. Um, Classic. But that was like so long ago. All I remember is Schwarzenegger in a jungle hunted by aliens. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sums it up. And then I, I saw <clears throat> Alien versus Predator. I, saw, I like that movie. I like that one too. And I like the second one. There was a second one? Yeah. This, it takes place in a small town in uh, America. Because remember at the first- Alien versus Predator 2. Yeah. Because remember at the end of Alien versus Predator when they um, when the, the black woman who is- The black woman who is? You, it was just the, you, you was said just the, the last one. It was, it was my last quiz. You said the name. Oh, shoot. Oh, <laughs> I can't, can't remember her name. <laughs> now, 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 you called it on me. It's like, I can't remember it. <laughs> was it SL was her initials? Oh, oh. Santa Lantern. So Nia Lathan. There you go. All right. So when uh, when she survives the battle and they see that uh, the predator had you know um, acid burned the, the mark, of, I guess probably of a warrior into her, his people come in their ship and they take him away. And then as the ship's flying away, you, he's laid on an altar and it's like a nice silhouette, and you see his stomach start to rip open and it's an alien, which now of course is an alien predator hybrid. Oh. The second movie opens right from there that the thing is now loose and evidently it didn't go well for them on that ship because they were, I guess they were surprised. I guess they were supposed to get and the ship crashes and then it releases that alien who then like starts attacking immediately people and then starts to reproduce more aliens. It's actually a pretty decent movie. And then of course there are predators that are now hunting them. Um, it's not again. It's not great, but it is. It's, it's a good sequel. I enjoy it. Is Sonia Lathan also? No, 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 no. She had her one time. Love me some some Sonia Lathan, but oh, um. 
I'll say this. It's funny how you said the Predator and you said Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think Schwarzenegger, obviously. But I also think about Jesse the Body Ventura. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was his first big role outside of wrestling, and he mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I'm going to become a big actor now, and nothing else. Yeah, and then he snapped into a Slim Jim. <laughs> was Wrong he wrestler. Like something in California at one point? Corbin? Wasn't he something in California? No, no, no. He ended up being, later on, he ended up being in politics. He became the governor of Minnesota. Ah. Schwarzenegger is the one that became something in California. Minnesota, eh? Oh, yeah, let's move on. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know if anyone recognized that accent. <laughs> but, but that was Minnesota, but he's referring to South Dakota. So right. that's just like a whole bunch of wrong South right Dakota? There. Yeah, that, that's supposed to be from, that's Fargo. No, Minnesota. That's a really great movie. Fargo is in South Dakota. No, but the accent's Minnesota. Yeah, no, not what no, you did. <laughs> Are you sure? Are and, you from there? Anyway, as that accent has been doomed, let's talk about something else that's doomed. And it was actually doomed to end, but let's talk about it. So let's start going over Doom Patrol, season four, episodes seven through 12. And with a synopsis, is a man who doesn't have a lisp with his S's, Mike, also known as MFG. I would say take it away, but I'm afraid I'm going to whistle. Yes. <laughs> I'm, right. not, I'm not Cobra Commander. Bring out the Commander. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Doom Patrol is a live action superhero series released uh, by and through Max streaming service. <laughs> the series developed by Jeremy Carver was originally a spinoff of DC Universe's Titans TV series. But the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline firmly placed Doom Patrol on Earth-21, while Titans remained on Earth-9. The show is an adaptation of the original Doom Patrol comic characters created by Arnold Drake, Bob Haney, and Bruno Permiani from My Greatest Adventure number 80, way back in June of 1963. And newer characters created by Grant Morrison in Doom Patrol Volume 2, number 19, uh, February of 1989. Doom Patrol has a season, Patrol season 4 has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 100% uh, with an audience of 77% and an IMDb weighted average of 73 out of 100. That sounds more about yeah, right. That yeah. right. All right. Quick synopsis here. Picking up immediately from non-cliffhanger of episode six, the terrible teammates have all lost their longevity and the deadly threat of Immortus emerges in the body of throwaway character and community theater acting hack Isabel Feathers. Gone is the existential threat to humanity's safety... Instead, we get social commentary on today's obsession with fame, opinion versus fact, and the generational attitude that you deserve success despite a lack of skills or knowledge. Isabel uses her godlike powers to force people everywhere to admire her, love her, and worship her, but finds that the Doom Patrol is the constant fly in her ointment. With final episodes less capes and tights and more therapy and reflection, the series ends with a sigh, not a bang. But that's not a bad thing. Unless you, ex- you know, explode in space or die in front of your one-year-old grandson. Alrighty. Starring Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane, April Bowlby as Rita Farr, uh, Javon Wade as Vic Stone, Cyborg, Matt Bomer as Matthew Zuck. I'm sorry, Matt Bomer, sorry, as Larry Trainer, negative Matt. I was Matthew, about to say, what? No, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Zuck is the guy that plays him all the time. Gotcha. As Matt Bomer is like, I'm not coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser uh, as Cliff Steele, Robot Man, and Riley Shanahan is the person that plays Cliff because oh, he was not coming in either. Uh, Michelle well, Gomez as. It doesn't fit into the costume. No, not at all. Michelle Gomez as Laura DeMille, Madame Rouge. 
Abigail Shapiro as Dorothy Spinner, Mark Shepard as Willoughby Kipling, and Charity Cervantes as Isabel San- uh, Feathers, a.k.a. Immortus. All right, so let's get into it. Doom Patrol, Season 4, Episode 7 to 12. But before we start rambling on, let's press that spoiler button that rambles on in a British accent. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Ah, and that refreshing spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. What the fuck? What the fuck is that? the fuck is that? Fuck. Oh, it's Stush. <laughs> stush is not a four-letter word. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Um, the second half of Doom Patrol. Now, I remember we left off... Um, you know, it was the culmination of you've got the zombie butt, you know, that wasn't dead coming out. And now like all the all the um, visions of the future being doomsday started to come to fruition. And you had this team, you know, trying to get their way out of it. And then they finally show Immortus. How do we feel about Immortus? Yawn. For a uh, being of supposedly infinite power, very underwhelming. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that was meant to be done purposely in that way to play her up so 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 largely and then have her being played by a very unimposing kind of middle of the road acting and, and no disrespect to the actress, but I'm figuring I'm figuring she's getting direction from right. the director. But you know, do you think that was kind of the bait and switch on purpose? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean it, it 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 works with a lot of their, you know, uh making fun of us and and the uh and the um, the tropes and stuff like that, but it still just didn't quite work for me as a villain. It, it just it it was too much, um, and also her cons- inconsistency with power because it's just like I mean, sure, maybe you're not always godlike, and maybe you need to refresh. But since we don't know that, it's like why are you having a tough time dealing with people that literally you could snap out of a dis- existence? Uh, you know, so it was it was so much of that that it it didn't make the character I think as fun as again that the writers may have thought yeah. it was going to be. And then also, I I didn't like that. So they created well, not so. In in essence, they created Immortus. So stay with me here, right? So I'm following the, along. The way they explained it was, I'm already lost. When <laughs> here's a map. Oh God, this even worse. <laughs> when, uh, nice setup, Rob. Go ahead. When Madame Rouge showed up in the, I guess present at that time mm-hmm. or i guess the past because she, she was still well, it was the present of season three yeah so the present we see isabel flowers fall into the hole right, right? after madame rouge is taking a massive piss right so um her falling into that hole sends her down into the time stream where she starts absorbing this temporal energy right mm. and because She's basically existing at every point at once, a point in time at once. Um, the myth of Immortus um, starts growing from the past. So the the piece that then was like the the, the tumor thing that was mm-hmm. on, on the back of her neck. The skin tag, yeah. Yeah, the skin tag that gets ripped off and then falls into the time stream in the past. And this is what um, then Niles finds, right? So if they had never gotten into that time machine and she wouldn't have fallen into that hole, then Immortus wouldn't exist. Well, we don't know. I mean, there, that sounds reasonable, but at the same time, the way, like when you try and read about it from the creation point of view, 
and this is not a comic book thing because Immortals is completely different in the comics. Yes. Um, I, I you get the feeling that she absorbs Immortus, so that Immortus existed already. She just has basically become the avatar of Immortus. It's just it's hard to tell which one they were trying to go with because they don't get into it. Yeah. No. The the way that I interpreted it was that. She absorbed the energy that was in the time stream and became immortal. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like both work. I just don't know which way 100 they wanted it to go. Yeah. You know. And what's interesting is that I feel like this. And mind you, this is supposed to be the main plot or the overarching um, plot of the series going forward. You know, them trying to get their longevity, but trying to trying to defeat Immortus. But I felt like Immortus was more like of a almost a subplot. It felt oh, like 100%. Like, like pushed way to the background. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna deal with this, but we also but they focus more on their the focus of they're not having their longevity anymore. Right. Did you feel like that was a more appropriate focus to have? Or do you think they should have focused more on Immortus? Well I think I think this like I said, I think there was a bait and switch. I think that this season, and I, and I don't know how long they knew before they knew it was their last season. It just felt like this was really about the characters. That that it's just kind of like, okay, well, it's a superhero show, so we have to have a villain. So we'll have one, or we'll have two even. Um, we have some kind of a threat, but that's not really the story we're telling. And, and in that way, I'm fine with that. I just didn't like the villains that they chose. I just didn't think that was the good background vehicle. I, I'm fine with the fact that it wasn't all about flying in, saving the day, putting on new costumes, blah, 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 blah. I just didn't like their choice of villains. Okay. Ralph, how did you feel? Did you feel like um, the plot of Amortis being pushed to the background was a smart choice and letting it be more about the characters? Or do you think it should have been swapped? Honestly, I feel that they shouldn't have included Immortus at all mm. and just focus on giving us better character development and then show at the very end, show the growth that they've all made. I think that they did somewhat good character development, but I do agree that maybe the Immortus stuff you could have almost, yeah. you know, got rid of. It could have been better. Uh, really? It could have been better if they hadn't used it, the the whole Immortus and loss of immortality and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and and just give us like a, a different villain that they struggle with, you know, someone they actually struggle with because this didn't seem like they struggled very hard with Immortus. Yeah. Or I think they should have just actually used the real General Immortus from the comics, and because his longevity, because he's been around for centuries, his longevity is from a potion, and that. Just, I mean, not that this particular thing happened because they don't have longevity or did not have longevity in the comics. But since you're using that, then he's hunting them down for what he perceives as something that's keeping them alive. And that would be the battle. And also, I think then you would get a perspective of uh, someone that is old but has been around versus people that are have been around but have never been old. I think you'd get this juxtaposition about maybe commentary on age, commentary on the will and wish to live forever versus those that may not want to live forever. And it's funny you because know. you say that that if you they would have done that switch, they would have had a commentary about those two particular themes. But I feel like those themes they kind of hit on a little bit. They hit on somewhat, but you really the really the only person that that really hit. I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't a line here or there, but the only person that really hit on was was Rita. She, I mean, you know, granted, she's the oldest of all of them, anyhow. So it was hitting her faster. But but her but her and Larry, when her and Larry were sitting together and Rita was aging, they had a lot of back and forth talking yeah. about you know like, um, like almost enjoying the moment now versus you know like um, oh, I think there was a line where there where, where Larry Trainer and and Rita are sitting there, and she's talking about I just want to enjoy this dinner. 
and, and um, he's like, well, I want to talk about what's going on. Right. I don't want to talk about death. And even right. in that little, it must have been like a five, ten minute thing. I was like, wow, like that, like that's a really interesting conversation because you're right. Well, who wants to talk about the every day about the happenings that are going on? But for some people, it's, it, that's a reality and that's part of you know mm-hmm. their processing and how people view it yeah. in different ways. I, I mean, I, I I thought they were starting to hit on certain themes. Yeah, I mean, there there were a lot of good points that had nothing to do with the villainy. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I, and not every character was done well, uh, but I mean, unfortunately, they saved most of their actual character development for the very last episode. Even though, like I said, I mean, Rita and Laura were fantastic. Uh, you know, um, uh, April Bowlby and Michelle Gomez were they. You know, and, I mean, and I said it in the last, I think, in the last uh, review for the first half of this. Um, they were fantastic. But Michelle Gomez, I mean, especially that you saw it by the end. We were we were all watching the the very last episode together before we did this podcast. She just she just outacts them. You know, I mean, the only other person she can't outact is April Boldly, and they're just different in the way they act. But mm-hmm. they do a great job. I mean, April, you know, you can easily see her as Rita Farr as like like she doesn't act really well. She's handy. I'm like, no, that's Rita's persona that she can't stop being Rita, but that's not her actual personality. Right. Um, that is the, you know, I'm the diva. I'm the, I'm the, the, the needy woman, the van, you know, that's, that's her part of her personality, but it's more of her, her, her persona. But Michelle Gomez just, you know, just every scene, she just, she has a way with lines, her face, you know, just everything, her expressions that she can do. It's just, it's just remarkable. And when you watch the other characters, I mean, granted, Two of the stars, you're not seeing their faces at all. <laughs> and one <laughs> has know? half a face. Right, right. Uh, you know, but um, but still, I mean, they those two, especially together, any, any scenes they had together were just heartfelt or funny or just just well-written. And I, unfortunately, I don't think the writing was as evenly handed out for all the other characters. If you love them so much, why don't you marry them? Right. <laughs> They're not around. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Mike would have if they were around. <laughs> um. It's interesting because Mike says that a lot of the great character development was saved for the last episode. I feel like that, unlike other Berlanti um, projects, this series started land. And I don't know if it's because we knew that it was going to be the end, mm-hmm. or you know, I was make already making comparisons. But I felt like they brought in the characters, maybe not the st- the plot, but the characters in for a landing in a very nice way. Even episodes before. Yeah. No, they started they started building their way. Like I said, not maybe not every character was to your liking, but they started they started their their landing for the characters. But I mean, think about it. All of these Berlanti shows knew they were ending. Yeah. And we saw the flash end. We saw the flash end, we saw Titans end. <laughs> right, you know, I mean, you know. We saw the flash end three seasons before. <laughs> yeah, we, we saw the, the flash end in, in twenty seventeen. You just call <laughs> call the flash like a terminally ill patient. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they called themselves that. Yeah, you know, but I mean, this one and we'll we'll get towards that. You know, we don't have forever to talk about this, but we'll get towards that. But this ending was unlike any ending for any DC TV series, particularly by Berlanti, but any of them. Yeah, any definitely. of them. Any. It's it. It was, in my opinion, a very strong, confusing. And when I say confusing, I don't mean it's hard to understand. I just meant you're thinking, oh, it's going to be this battle royale. It's like the battle royale was all of eight minutes of the TV series, and the rest of it was less. Was uh, was epilogue, and the epilogue was just worth it. Yeah. It, it it actually upped my rating for this half versus the other half because it's just so much stronger, and that ending. 
uh, which again, we'll get to it. And I, and I will tell you about all the tears that were in my eyes. Yeah. I, I, I didn't look over at you, but I felt you crying. I wanted to like, oh, I saw you wipe an eye. <laughs> that was an eyelash. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as, uh, a strong, uh, Omega male, um, I can't actually produce tears, but my heart, now my heart, it, um, was a little bit sad. His heart is three sizes too small. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mean one, Ralph the Tech. <laughs> yes. So let's let's talk about some of the stuff that you know that we have to talk about before we talk about all their endings because I think that's really important to really focus on where they left these characters off. Um, but let's talk about the things that we probably should mention. The butts. They sing. <laughs> the butts. Shapoopy. Shapoopy. Yeah, but we knew that was coming on, but, but I was like, okay, so we're still with this. And then you have the two twin butts that we're talking. Right. Oh, what was their names? Um, Theodore and something. I can't think of Theodore and Teddy. Teddy, there you go. Theodore and Teddy. Well, Teddy is Theodore. I, I thought it was Theodore and Teddy. Oh, maybe that's maybe what they call it. Yeah. Um, was this entirely necessary? Uh, it was, was it necessary for the story? Was it necessary for it to be a Doom Patrol story? Well, it was necessary to lead towards the ending, but it wasn't necessary and neither was the ending. I mean, you know, um, but yeah, the, 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 the talking and singing, but it's silly and it made you smile when you saw it for all of a half a minute. And then you're like, all right, you're not taking this seriously. Are we supposed to take this seriously? You know, because now your threat doesn't feel very threatening at this point, you know. Um, the butt apocalypse. I, I, I guess I wanted more, not more butts, but more, like you said, more dread. And it just never got there. Like they didn't know whether they wanted Immortus to be the threat. It's supposed to be all together, I guess, right. but it never felt that way. No. And it was a one, two, three done. <laughs> See, I, I understand why the cap wants more because he likes big butts and he cannot lie. Yeah, that's true. No, but, 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 but I can't lie that I don't like teeth in my butts. You all the brothers can't deny. <laughs> um, so the butts, it was confusing. Zombie butt, thawed, escaped. We never heard from zombie butt again. Right. What happened with zombie uh, butt? Is is there a zombie butt apocalypse happening? Nah, I, no, well, I we're I don't know how they're explaining. I mean, we know that basically all the butts were taken away with Immortus when when she used her power and they went on tour in, in the time <laughs> vortex for a thousand years. write monologues. <laughs> you know, and songs. <laughs> um, you know, but I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it just felt like, um, I'm, I cannot, I, I want to say maybe it was called um, the Zeppo. There was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I, I, maybe it was season two or three. It's it's a great episode because it's all about Xander. And, and oh, he, I know what you're yeah, talking it's, about. It's yeah. all about Xander. So he's going through this whole thing. I don't know if that's the one. I don't think that's the one where he got cloned. But I don't know what's going on. But he has some adventure that's not completely dire. But it's all about him. And the whole rest of the Scooby gang, including Giles, they're all facing this great threat. And so like as the whole plot is about him. And, and it's, like, it's much more of a minor thing. But it's still some villainy going on that he's dealing with. We only ever see them... As he's trying to talk to them and they don't have time for him, they're running in and out and they're just like, oh my God, can you believe this? This is the most worst thing that's ever happened. You know, at one point, even he's like going through, I think, the library area and you see the rest of the cast like fighting at a door or something. They're like, this is the greatest start we've ever faced, you know, like, and we never see anything more of it. And then finally, by the time his thing is resolved, they've defeated this and they're just like, oh, that was awful, you know, and it's the, it's, it's a running joke. It's the whole point is we don't know what it was because that was unimportant. 
you know, and that's what it felt like, you know, for the for the Doom Patrol. By the time we got to the end and, and the the villains have wiped themselves out or at least taken themselves off the playing field, you're just like, oh, they weren't important at all. Right. <laughs> you know, they weren't even they weren't even really backstory. They just were like I said, it's a superhero show. We have to have a supervillain, you know. It's kind of like the way Walking Dead is not a zombie is not a zombie show. It's a show about humans with zombies as the backdrop, right? Because people are the monsters, right? Exactly. You you forgot the rest of it. It's a show about people with zombies that you should not watch. Wow, you were just bitter. Just a bitter. But when but when I talk about Doctor Who, you want me to freaking fall over, please? There was a tank. And he walked away from it. It had no gas. 200 God knows how many. How episodes. do you know there was no gas? Because I'm telling gas runs, uh. runs out. Anyway, anyway, let's not, let's not, let's not digress. Um, let's, let's bring it back. So out of all of the, I was about to call them the Scooby gang. <laughs> out of all of Doom Patrol, um, who do you feel like um, shined more than usual? So I know Mike loves... Madame Rouge and Rita Farr. We know that already. Is there somebody outside of those two that you feel like either character development-wise or acting-wise, they shined a little bit more in this second half of the show? I feel I, I feel almost justified, but, but I'm not even going to open my mouth yet. I'll leave it to you guys. Um, which character do you feel like either development-wise or acting-wise definitely had a better second half? Well, I'd say for, I mean, finally getting his due, Robot Man had a better second half. Um, especially by the end, by the very end, it was I just, feel justified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean, that's, that's, it. I mean, it, he went from just lame all the way up until like the last couple of episodes and particularly the very last one, uh, Vic Stone, I, that man cannot act his way out of, oh, he can't man, act his way out of a front that. door that's open. I mean, like, and his, his development, it was just as lame as his acting skills. It was just, I'm going to, you know, help teach. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yay. <laughs> yeah, but his development was more about, you know, I I think the, the, the conversation with his dad, I think that was valuable. I think him talking with Silas about, you know, what it meant for him to be cyborg. And even though, like, the idea of the parts of him, he thought he was kind of doing something else, but he was kind of running away from mm-hmm. his grieving. And I, I thought that was really interesting. It, it wasn't interesting. I mean, it was... <laughs> <laughs> It was like, it was part of his story, but let's put it this way: you want to know how not interesting even the writers realize it was is at in the, in the last scene where they're like, "Yo, did you sell a lot of Girl Scout cookies?" Because they're talking about these marks, which they call tattoos, but they're basically um, uh, what would be the right word? Um, like branding, 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 branding right into there. the into the metal of, of of some of his metal. So he's just like, "Yeah, this one represents family. This represents this." this and you know, like, did they pull in close that we really? Nope. Not, not Did they tell us that he had them before they made notice of it? Nope. <laughs> like, like literally, his development was just like uh, he has to have a development. Here you go. <laughs> Everyone gets an A for participating. Yay! <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's like giving the three-year-old a job at the party. Here you can blow balloons. You give him that one balloon that balloons right, right, right. all year long. <laughs> you know, exactly, and that's what it felt like for him. I, I feel bad for him, but but no, I think Cliff had the best the best development. Uh, out of those other two um just to not be a uh follower on the bandwagon i'm going to say crazy jane okay had a very interesting development it was i mean just when she thought um she she's basically accepted the end right Mm -hmm. and then she finally found her version of inner peace by accepting all the parts of her and becoming one and becoming kaleidoscope. And I thought that that was actually pretty cool. 
Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I just th- I just thought it felt like yeah okay. <laughs> like, well, like you know, it just it just kind of felt like well, this sounds like a good end for her, like a good wrap up for her. You know. Well, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let's not gloss over the fact that she admitted out loud about the whole. You know, sexual assault. You know, right. from, from her father. I mean, that was but pretty, we knew that though. I yeah. know we but, knew but, that from but, season one. But I think yeah. that they're saying it out loud. Right. You know that that's something that's very empowering. Right. I think that, that that I I thought that was very strong because a lot of people people kind of gloss over things but never really say it. And for somebody to say, okay, because that's why he said, say it, say it. I really, mm-hmm. at first, I didn't think that was too strong of a choice. I was like, okay, what are they saying? Then I kind of knew what they were alluding to. I'm like, oh, what's the big deal? But then I thought about it and I said. For people to put their truth outside and, and say things out loud is making it concrete and making it real. Yeah. And, and for people to do that is very cathartic. So right. for her to do that, and then with everybody in the room, all of her personalities and, and, and everybody there, to be there to say it, yeah. that was strong. And I was like, okay, I, I, I thought that was a really good I choice. I hadn't thought of it that yeah. way. That's true. Very true. Because the way the personalities... Personality? It's okay. You, you can take my stuttering for a day. It's okay. The way the personalities... Um, rationalized it was that all that happened to Kay, right? Not to each individual, right? One of them, yeah. But then by her realizing, saying, "Hey, we all are Kay. This all happened to us," right? But I did find it really weird, and they they missed a moment for. I mean, it didn't have to be like you know some spotlight hitter, but like they just missed a moment for like a good. I don't know, like realization moment or something like that is when he, everyone's asking, you know, her person, you know, all of her personalities are now above board. She's now, um, you know, coalesced with all of them, stuff like that. And she's like, well, I guess now call me kaleidoscope, but I guess that's a lot to say. And then cyborg's like, Oh, how about just K as in the letter K as they show it. And she goes, Oh, that's, that sounds good. And it's like, but you are K. And I mean, I get that that's what they were telling us, but like, she didn't react like, Oh my God. I like am okay, you know, like, and they missed that because especially seeing that the second time with you, I'm like, yeah, like, and she didn't have to do much. I mean, it's just, just her facial expression just should have been like, oh my God, I'm finally K. Yeah. That's, I, that's who I am now, you know, like, um, because that's, I mean, think about it. If all your broken pieces are together, you know, that, you know, and this was all split personality and once they're together, that is who you are. You are who you are, you know? And I think they just missed that. And I, I don't know okay. why. I, I totally agree yeah. with that. That's totally a missed moment. Yeah. And it's such a slight moment, yeah. but it's something that could have really tied it up nicely. Yeah. And I think that I would have felt a lot better with her character if they had made her realize like, oh my God, I, I'm, I am her now. Right. You know? <clears throat> What would have been really interesting is if they had like flashed over to her birth certificate, and it turns out that K stands for kaleidoscope. God no, <laughs> hope, hope not. I, if that was suggested in the writing, I would have beaten you with a typewriter. <laughs> I would have gone out and bought an old typewriter and then beaten you. With I'm it. glad. I'm glad you clarified that because some of our audience is like, "What the typewriter?" <laughs> Interior, Doom Patrol Mansion. Oh God. <laughs> Zoom in on. Paper <laughs> flapping in the wind. We see it's all a right. All right. Um, Pull out. <laughs> writer being attacked by typewriter by other writer. <laughs> you said pull out. I was like, and she didn't get pregnant. <laughs> so, so let's talk about let's talk about Larry Trainer. How do we feel about his development? Because he's always been the loner. He's always been the one that struggled. I mean, whether it's the alien, whether it's the fact that he had you mean he's the wet blanket in the room. <laughs> I, just, I just love that because I'm I that's been. I've been called that before. I'm like, that's not being a wet blanket. I'm just being real. No, I'm just keeping, you know. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I I hate so English, use your words. <laughs> it's it's kind of difficult to explain. 
what I think. So I feel that they were playing up the fact that he was like still um, not happy with himself and who he was being a gay man. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm like, now it's 20, I guess it's 2022 or 2023 in the, in the show. Right. It's like, it's acceptable. Like, I, I get that you're from an old time and you you still resent it and, and also because you were married and you had kids and all this stuff. And they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and the man you loved is dead and all that. But like, but still, like they that should not have been something that lasted four seasons. Uh, no, I mean, well, I, we've okay. had this argument okay. before. Well, though. just just, just as a, as, a, as a counter, think about like the people that are like, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old. I don't trust banks because blankly blank went wrong. You know, sixty years ago, and you're like, or ninety years ago now, and you know, people do hold on to those things. I, I get that. I get the idea of like something that that was so you're born and raised is so shameful that that you know that even with t- modern times, you still don't feel completely comfortable. And he because he has made strides, he just isn't completely comfortable. But I didn't feel at the end that it was so much that he was still um, uh, unhappy with being gay. It's just that I think he started to realize what he missed out on in life. Right. And that he had a you chance know. to move forward, but right. he was still almost right. being held and, back. And that's why we saw the flashback to his, his first love before the plane crash is that he, he never got a chance to actually enjoy that love. Right. And that's when, instead of packing up and just going wherever he was going, that's why he decided, no, I'm going to find Rama who is, you know, turned to lead at the bottom of the ocean and have whatever moment we're going to have, you know, that's fine. It should not have been four fucking seasons for him to get to that point. I feel like we've had this argument before when we talked about this, you know, about his character. And I feel like I don't know if we've rotated that thought. Um, I strongly disagree. I hear what you're saying, but I do think that there are some there are some wounds because you can say the same thing about Crazy Jane. You know, when we talk about SA, when we talk about sexual assault. And I'm not trying to dismiss sexual assault in any means. But some people say, well, you know, that that's a plot point you should move forward. I think there's some things in people's life, especially when you're talking about something that shapes you in such a way yeah. that it's, it, it. I mean, that's why therapy exists. Right. You know, sometimes things take a long time. Remember, these guys are not working with medical professionals. They're working through fighting zombie well, not even that. They're working through their own dysfunctional misery with each other. I get that. But then why at every season they start him back at zero? Well, I mean, again, I mean, I do agree with that. I don't like the fact that they start him at zero every time. But at the same time, um, as far as defending it to, to what you had said before, they've never given him an actual love interest until this season. True. So he never, we never saw him experiencing someone that not only was willing to love him, but that actually because of their power could, could touch his physical body in any kind of way without immediately dying. I mean, his radiation, it's, it's got to be insane. Strong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's got to be like, because he can't unwrap. I mean, he would he would literally kill the Doom Patrol if he unwrapped. Right. <laughs> you know, you're like, that's amazing. And what's interesting, I'm sorry, Ralph, go ahead. All I was going to say is his now, his, uh, his lover can turn himself into to lead, right? Right. So he can stay hard as long as he needs to. Right. Well, there's that. Wow. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I saw it coming, but I'm like, whoa, okay, I think you'd go there. Right. Um, but but, that, but that's a soft metal, though, so. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> what did end up happening with him, at least from our perspective, is that it was, what I didn't like about his finale, though, was that he got to experience his, or like he got to admit to his love. That's what he got to admit to. He got to tell someone what he thought finally. And as himself, 
he's in space for those who haven't watched. So he's in space with Rama uh, and Keeg is, is flying up there and kind of protecting them in the void of space. And he even says, don't worry, Keeg, he got us. He's, Keeg's got us. But the problem is that Rama's um, body, he's, he's uh, Agent 104. So he's the entire uh, elemental um, periodic chart. And he's unstable. And he's going to blow like with a, a nuclear reactor kind of a thing. That's why he had turned himself into lead to stop the thing from happening. Well, he's in space and he does explode. So we're only left with the idea, because I mean, like, did Key protect him or did they die? I mean, we're really kind of left with the idea that they died, that Larry is just like, this is just our one big boom. You know, so you're like, oh, that's heartwarming and depressing simultaneously. And also, I mean, granted, they have lots of, uh, this series actually had um, several gay characters. They were all lesbians. Um, So you have like uh, Robot Man's daughter and then also uh, Crazy Jane, who eventually realizes that, you know, she uh, has feelings for other women, stuff like that. But so like, but with him and also just society, and this is just my thing. I, you know, maybe I'm reading too much or maybe I'm just being too pointed. It just still felt like the, the same old trope of killing your gaze, which is, you know, oh, he finally finds love. He accepts blah, 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 blah. And, and, and he has to die because of it. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm not saying he had to have his face fixed, but I mean, they could have gone somewhere or right. you know. <laughs> let him hold hands for crying out loud. Yeah, what yeah. the hell? I don't think he's dead. I feel that. Um, Keeg channeled the energy that um, 104 was releasing, and that's what you see, that, right. that cloud stuff in, in the end. And then now they're able just to live together right. in the vast coldness of the dark, deep depths of space. Right, but I mean, the thing is, though, like, that's just the thing is that it's, and it's a great thought, and it's very possible as anything else, but we, for something that gave us all finales, we have no proof of this. You know, so I mean, you kind of only left with the idea that they're dead because he did explode. But again, we don't know. Dead, Jim. Yeah. Uh, And it's funny because not that we danced around it because we talked about a lot of the characters. I want to come back to a character that Mike mentioned in in tandem with Rouge, but really we need a spotlight on her, Rita Farr. Rita Farr's character. I mean, I mean, especially this second half went through a lot. Do you feel like that was you know? Was she almost like the crux of all the change that was going on with the team? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, she she was it. She, Rita, even still keeping her, her divaness, still grew up. And I think in that, she, I think she even saw her divaness. You know what I mean? I think she, she knew what it was. It's not saying that now it was put on, but I think she understood. Uh, whereas before, it was just her reaction, her, gut, her childish gut reaction. Whereas now she understood... It's kind of like an error that she has, but it's not all well meant and, or meant to be all uh, that. Um, but yeah, she 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 grew, she grew, and oh my god, that last thing I I, I tell people I'm like I'm I am not proud. I here with watching these with these guys, I'm holding back all my tears. I mean, that that dinner table, I'm almost in tears. I'm like doing that hard sniff back, you know, like it was just it, the, the whole sentiment, the line, the, the nonverbal elements when, when she's just sitting there and nothing, she said nothing special, but she was just like, this is good. She's and there's just, in. and there's just quiet and everyone's just occasionally looking over at her because they know she's so ill and so frail yeah. at this point and no one's saying anything. 
And then she finally, you know, just, you know, like kind of leans forward and everyone's like, oh my God. There's you know, a lot of subtext in, yeah. what, in what they're doing and watching her and just her talking. And even though she's at this dinner table and she's older and she's talking about one final adventure, she goes, I'm going to, I'm going to put on my suit now. And then she kind of like drifts off into like either sleep or whatever, yeah. whatever. And then, and then, you know, Bruce trying to get her, gets kind of gets her attention and she's yeah. like, yeah, don't worry about me, please. You oh, can't, you know, help me. When, but if you want to help me. When she just says, she's going, I'm going to try and squeeze, see if I can squeeze into my old outfit. And then she like she, like like Cap just said she does that head tilt and that kind of leans and gets a little bit limp in her reaction and everyone's looking and no one knows what to even do or say it's it's so horribly beautifully uncomfortable and so, I'm, I'm getting wet eyes just thinking about this and when you, Rouge when Madame Rouge when she just so gently and she was just like would you like me to assist you with that. And it's just, and also it's part of her accent helps with it, but she, when she's just like, would you like me to assist you with that? Which then wakes Rita back up again. And she's like, oh no, don't be silly. This old girl can still dress herself. And just also the old timey terms, this old gal can dress herself. Like it, it's just, it, it just hurts and it, and, 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 and hits all the right notes. And then, you know, she, she disappears and, you know, then we don't see her. And then once they get there, uh, once Isabel shows up again with her toenails, <laughs> of longevity, of longevity uh, that they can all swallow and they all get back their their youth uh, you know and Madame Rouge goes upstairs to give it to Rita and this horrible scream she lets out and Rita is dead you know and it's just like oh god and that but I, I just loved immediately Cliff immediately up oh, let's go get her like that whole like death means nothing to us and I and I wonder because this was the first time you saw it, right, Kev? Right, correct. Did you assume? Oh, they're going to go get no, her. No, I, I, you know, or did you think? Okay, no, this is going to be the end for. I'm going to sound like Mike, for for once, and I'm pretty good at when it comes to writing. And I saw being the last episode, I'm like, they're not going to go get her. It's their way of saying, you know what? It's the message of 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 this episode is. You know, the time comes, whether it's death, whether it's moving on, whether it's on transition. It's all about moving on. It's, it's all about, you know, we have to know when that point stops and when we move on to the next adventure. Right. And and I think that was kind of like a symbolic of what they were trying to say. Yeah. Like, you know, that's why when, when, the minute she died, I'm like, they're, they're going to want to bring her yeah. back. But, you know, it's funny. In real life, that's a luxury we don't have. Right. So, they, so the fact that they they had an opportunity and, and Rita was like, no, as a ghost, she says, no, 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 no. I think I'm done. You know, like I, I was able to look back at things. I think it was really well done. Yeah. I, what I love, though, too, is in the fact that, like I said, like right away, Cliff is like, let's go get her. And then, you know, like, you know, Cyborg is like, yeah, I'm with you. You know, and everyone's like, yes, yes, let's let's, let's go. We, we'll figure out how to do it. I love the fact that. And again, for I'm sure a lot of people, they're like, OK, they're going to bring her back because let's look at all of the other DC Berlanti, yeah. you know, things like it all. Everything's how poppy ending, you know, like it's just like everyone's going to get their way. Everything's going to be so bright and cheerful. They're either going to be a team or whatever there's going to be, you know, and for them to go against that trope was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it added to everything they've ever done. And and, uh, you know, it was just again, just touching like her just basically saying, like, you know, I'm telling you that, you know, it's we're disbanded. It's, you know, as a ghost, she's like, we're disbanded. And it's time for you all to go and and, and, and live your lives. Go I, find out who you are. You I know? love what she said. What, what did you think about that, Rob? When she was talking about the spreading of the wings, when she said, you know, us being together prevented, it kind of basically paraphrasing saying, you know, us being together kind of prevented us from like stretching our own legs out and doing our own thing. Yeah, well, shit, because they all enabled each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, like she said that we fought ourselves almost as much as we fought anything else, you know. 
I mean, and that's true, and that's true in any family. But again, if you think of it, not even as teammates, it's just literally family where the members stay together, stay in the same household or, or house unit, and never ever venture out. It's you know sometimes it's like that can happen. It's not always, but it can happen, and yeah. you need that stretch. And you know when you know sometimes it's, it's not a viable solution, you know, for whatever circumstances. But sometimes you just got to do it, you know. And it, it was it just it was just really done. And then I love that they lightened up with that funeral. It lightened yeah. up and they got serious again. But that, that funeral, like, you know, uh, the things they were doing with her body blew up like her time. It was just like. I think the best part was that that she's made, able to make commentary of their reaction. Oh, my God. Things. Yeah. And she's like, well, you don't have to say that about me, about my bodily fluids or, uh, or my bodily smell. You know, you're not to say that. And I think that kind of, you know, like, like it was good that they went lighter there. It was a really good yeah. choice. And then they brought it down, not as as hard, but when they brought it down as she was about to fade off and they're all just looking at her and, you know, she's just like, you know, she's like, oh, everything's fine. It's fine. And then she just, that one last, everything's fine. You know, oh. and like, and, it's just, and you're just like, oh my God. I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like when I was home, I'm going to tell you guys right out the back. When I was home alone watching this, I was in tears. I, I literally was in tears for about, I think the last 20 minutes of that episode or whatever it was. I, I, I was just, at some points I was flat out bawling. Other times it was just a tear streaming. It was just, it was very, very well done. You know, I'll, I'll say this and I don't know how you felt about it, Ralph. I think a, a touching moment for me was when, or one of the one of the good moments that I feel like they got right was when after Rita had had been you know had, her body has been burned and they go sit down to watch her movie yeah. and they're together yeah. and together on the couch yeah. like a family yeah. and like sitting there and they're kind of honoring her memory by watching this and then when it's done what are we gonna do what are we gonna do let's watch it again yeah 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 and yeah. it's kind of like the idea of not wanting to let go of that yeah. moment oh that was just it was just absolutely wonderful. Uh, even with the schmores, uh, but uh, but I mean that <laughs> soon? yeah that was good. Um, I want to save Cliff for last because that's that's such a touching one. But uh, Madame Rouge, so she's the next last character. That we what did talk- you guys think about that Madame Rouge ending in regards to it? It worked with what she had asked Victor. Um, she asked Cyborg basically, you know, is there can, is it possible that you know there's good and bad within someone? And he was saying that he never thought there were shades of gray. He thought the world was completely black and white, and only through being around them did he understand that you know, there are shades and that the world is just isn't that cut and dry. Um, and that she was saying that, like, you know, how does she know when she's crossing the line? Because he was saying that sometimes that the the line between good and bad is razor, razor thin, thin. Yeah. razor thin, that you almost can't even see it. And she's like, well, then how do I know when I'm there? And he's just like, well, I'll be there. I'll stop. I'll stop you if you cross that line. I'll stop you if you cross that line, which was touching. So that to see her... Because she had said, like, part of me wants to do something that's so altruistic it would be unbelievable. And then sometimes I have the reverse thoughts. And then she pauses. She goes, which I probably should not share with Cyborg. So she's saying that she has some very dark thoughts um, about what to do with her life. At least at parts. Not not solely, but at parts. Right. And then to see her go back to the ant farm, which has been a source of her personal misery. But it's also just, I mean, it's just a destructive, nasty, horrible force that hunt down things that are different than other things, you know? So think of it in the real world, race, sexuality, transgender. I mean, like it hunts down quote unquote oddities and attacks them, dismembers them, uses them for harm, hides them from the world, da, 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 da. For her to go in there and step out of the elevator and she stepped out, she stepped like, she wasn't the woman, she was the man that was the woman, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She stepped out of the elevator and just, you know, they turn around. It was, just, it was dramatic, but I loved it. And she just starts with that fire um, flamethrower but the look of of 
of just pain and happiness and anguish and and fulfillment that she somehow managed to get in her face as an actress was just remarkable because it was the most conflicting amount of emotions in about five seconds you could see in a face. And it summed up her character at this point that she doesn't know what she is anymore. She doesn't know what to do, but she feels at least that this is the right step. And of course that begs the question, is this something that Vic's going to be like, so someone's probably going to hear like, what happened to the ant farm? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, do I need to go see uh, Baton Rouge? You know, I'm sure uh, Vic's father would be like, fuck the ant farm. Yeah. Let that shit burn. (laughs) But dad, no, no, no. Fuck that shit. Vic, let it, leave it alone. I can see Silas still saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit, motherfucker. Yes. And dropping in Bob for good for, for good measure. <laughs> he said, boy, I put that metal in you. I could take that metal out. <laughs> so he's Foghorn Lakehorn? Yes. Oh, okay. Wow, Check. okay. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, I said, boy. Now, our, now, Ralph, being that you brought up Crazy Jane, how did you feel about her ending? You know, the fact that she talks about, yeah, you know, we talked about kaleidoscope and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but now she gets to, to you know, really enjoy, I guess, love. She's kind of like Trainer in a way. She's kind of like Larry Trainer, where now she's allowing herself to love. Right. And she falls in love with Dorothy's creation, right. which is the superhero. Space case. Yeah. <laughs> Space case. <laughs> How did you feel about that ending, Rob? Did you feel like it was too ham fisted? Did you feel like it was just right? I mean, it was, it was okay. It was that that last stare down that they had was like a little. It was a bit much. Yeah, it was like they're, they're like staring at each other, smiling. Then Space Case is like, like a little feels a little bit awkward, and then stop smiling. But then Jane stops smiling. But then Space Case starts smiling, and then Jane stops starts smiling, and then they kiss, and I'm like. Okay, we we could have cut some of that out. Well, in this case though, this is first love for both of them. I mean, literally first love for both of them. So I get it, but I do agree. Too, I thought it was a little bit long. And one is a figment of somebody's imagination. And she's real now. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) She was literally born yesterday. (laughs) The only thing that isn't real is her fake leg. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's the only thing that's not real. That's right. (laughs) And and last but certainly not least, what about Robot Robot Man's ending? That, well, so he... Uh, is you know his his youth is back, but we saw as he was talking to um, to Crazy, Crazy Jane. Jane that his arm started vibrating again. So that meant the the Parkinson was still in him, which of course it would make sense. He only got younger, but in his young brain he had the Parkinson. So right. you know, so we knew he wasn't cured, and this confirmed it. But he's making the drive to Florida to see his grandson, which is a big thing. He still has his middle in his hand, so he's got that one finger that's super sensitive. It's the only part that can actually feel anything. Um, and, uh, you know, so he finally, we see him there with, uh, his daughter, her wife and his grandson. And, you know, it's a birthday party, you know, he takes the kid out to the car and he's, you know, talking to the kid, he's starting to freeze up and, uh, he gets the chance to look at the gift that was given to him by Isabel Feathers, which was this crystal on like a leather strap. Right. And it's hanging from the, from the rear view mirror. Right. He, he had hung up on the rear view mirror. Um, and that crystal we saw was basically a portal into his grandson's life. So uh, technically, that is a uh, class A temporal time crystal uh, viewer. Oh, yes, yes. Is it like a you know like one of those click viewer things or? Uh, technically, it only activates in a specific set uh, uh, time. Oh, very nice. And it's a one time use only. Well, it seems to activate right before you die. Yeah. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> it's like hitting the lotto before I you die. I hope I can get this thing to work. You don't want that thing to work. 
<laughs> Once you see it, coitins. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was. I mean, that was. It felt like, and I don't know if any of you are familiar with the show um, Six Feet Under. I've seen it, but I don't. Six Feet Under had a great finale, and it felt this felt like, or at least that part with Robot Man and him being with his grandson and looking into the crystal and seeing all the things that his grandson is going to go through. Yeah, you know, and his and part and parts dealing with his daughter, part with his life, and it was just like, ah, it just hit such a note. So it's it's also the fact that um, it all happens in the car. Yeah. And it's the car that he's leaving him. Right. Right. He's put together for him that he thought that they would have time to fix that, you know. But he knows that. That's why at the end he's kind of like happy where he goes, I made it home. Because he knows that his grandson, even though he sees all the strife that his grandson's going to go through, he's still going to have a part of his grandfather of Cliff with him in the form of the car. Part that I thought was interesting, though, was that, I mean, granted, you know, you, I guess you're not going to judge when you're seeing this this at the last moments of life, is that th- th- this boy, you know, this is also a very surprising thing. Usually, again, if you're going to see, like, this, the last moments of my life, I'm seeing the life of my daughter or, you know, son or their children, da, da, da. Oh, it's going to be them going to school. Oh, and being the football captain. And, oh, then they graduate. And they, oh, they, they start their own company. And, oh, they get married to this wonderful person. They've got nine kids. And life is, oh, and they all are there at their death. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like, no, there was none of that. He basically was his grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he, you know, he got a girl pregnant at, after prom, <laughs> you know. He basically followed the white trash playbook. Yeah, yeah, basically, you know. Complete with the hat. Yeah, with the hat. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, we got to see, you know, the, 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 the grandson's just growing up rapidly in one vision after the next. You know, he gets his 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 prom date pregnant. Um, we're assuming married uh, at some point. But then, like, he abandons probably the, the girl was uh, the girl was able to run. So maybe, what, four years old, right. maybe? I would say I don't, five. Maybe five, yeah. Um, so he definitely abandons his family at five. Um, uh, Cliff's daughter gets cancer. And then dies shortly, you know, after, I mean, he's an adult at this point, but like, you know, dies, uh, sees the loneliness there, um, the reunited. I mean, and evidently, I mean, vision wise, there was no reconciliation with the mom, you know, at least vision wise. So we don't see his grand, I mean, his daughter until she's a full on adult, adult with her own child. Well, you know, adult could be loosely. Inter- well, she seemed adult, she, she adult. She didn't seem like 17 or 18. She didn't seem, but he, you know, she was she young. Been, she was yeah. young. Yeah, she was young. But I mean, you know, whichever, it didn't ma- that doesn't matter. But the fact that he doesn't see uh, family again, or at least is not uniting with family again, basically until he has his own grandchild. Um, and you know, Cliff was happy with that. And I, and I, and I like the fact that I guess I like the fact that he was, I mean, first of all, I guess it is happy that his son, he sees his grandchild living that long, bad or bad or good, you know? Um, but also I guess he just wasn't surprised about the life, you know, you know, it's not like you're some respectable person that's having, having a respectable family. I enjoyed all that, even though, again, it was still, it was just heart wrenching because it wasn't really a happy life that he saw for his grandson, but you know, so it was torn, but I'm just like that car, that car, <laughs> I'm like, that car has got to be like 60 years old and so, not stopping. That's American <laughs> steel. That's Chevy. <laughs> you know? Well, listen, he probably learned how to fix it as soon as he was able to hold the wrench. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah. But I just, I just thought that was good. And also before, before we even got to the vision, I just like when, uh, when Cliff started freezing up again and his daughter was there, like, you know, dad, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. And then he's like, you know, I thought I was coming home to live and I guess I'm just coming home to die. 
I was just like, oh, Lord. It, 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 <laughs> you know? This episode, I mean, at least that last episode, definitely brought it home in ways that other, like you said, other Belanti, um projects didn't do yeah. it this way. Well, you figure you had, and again, we're going to just take Trainer for what we saw, not making assumptions. So you had three deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, one possible villainous turn, definitely mass murderous turn, <laughs> you know, Um a, a lame teaching job <laughs> and um and like you know happiness in a spaceship you know so it was just like i'm like i'm like this is not an ending that we are expecting but one that i felt that we deserved i thought it was such a great ending i think for, for doom patrol the property i think it was the appropriate yes. ending for you know if you would have ended it like you ended say the titan oh or or flash oh my god Rita wasn't dead after all okay let's go <laughs> You're like, what? what? <laughs> right, right. With uh, the power of love. No, that's Flash, man. <laughs> which is, I think, why I think in comparison to the other properties, the fact that it ended this way, it had to. Yeah. It had to, and it was really done. Done well. Anything else before we go into um, renaming and ratings? Gosh, I have one last thing. Yes, but you got that. <clears throat> I close my eyes only for a moment, and the moment's gone. All my dreams passed before my eyes a curiosity dust in the wind all they are is dust in the wind i can't believe i can't believe you right now i'd like to apologize to anyone that's listening he didn't sing it let's just let's let's just count our losses oh no i would have just blown up the internet (laughs) worldwide it just stopped same old song So the answer is there is no more. (laughs) All right, let's go for it. Ratings. I'm sorry. Renaming the renaming the series. Ralph, you want to go first? Uh, Hold on, I wrote it down. Whoa! Oh, Oh. end of the year, he writes something down. Holy smoke! He probably wrote down. Don't forget to write this down. (laughs) (laughs) That was on on top of it, right? Um, Doom Patrol. Immortality is a toenail away, unless you got Parkinson's. Oh, oh my gosh. That was, that was down, up and down again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go with Doom Patrol, Sunset Hero Retirement Home. <laughs> it, it, it definitely felt like after MASH. That's right. what it felt like. It, like, I was like, wow, that, this is really like sad. But I mean, it, it was appropriate. Mike? I just rename it Best Finale of All the DC TV Series Patrol. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed the finale, and I just thought that they just did an excellent job for for this type of property. I'm trying to think what Arrow's ending was. Let's not go into that. Felicity, now. something about the future. He can't see her again. Oh, kids. The, oh, yeah. And then the kid, they, they, they went to the spinoff that never happened with the Canaries in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garbage. Stop, okay, stop thinking about it. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Ratings for Doom Patrol episode uh, Doom Patrol season four episode seven to twelve. Ralph. I give what you just said seven singing butts throughout time. Wow. Out of ten. That's a lot of singing. Yeah, that's a lot of Shapoopy. Shapoopy, the one. Okay, I'm sorry. I hated it when Family Guy did it. Yeah. Listen, in my contract, it says I'm allowed to sing as many songs as I want. Yeah, and, but the mics and, don't have to be on. And my contract killer says no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give what I just said. And I'm going to agree with Mike in regards to that last episode raised it a little bit. I'm going to give it eight ungodly skin tags out of ten. It looked like just poop that was made of skin. <laughs> and watching them react to it, I'm like, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah it was really nasty. Mike? <laughs> um, I give it a 
eight, take over the Justice League and pants Superman out of ten. <laughs> That's believe- hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. All right. So there you have it. Doom Patrol season four, seven, episode seven through 12. Good ending. Probably one of the best endings we've seen in a while. But hey, everybody, don't go anywhere. The Rocket Review is next. Hi, everyone. This is The Cab, here with another Rocket Review. Today, I'll be reviewing the Disney Pixar production of Elemental, which stars the voices of Leah Lewis as Ember, Mamadou Afi as Wave, Catherine O'Hara as Brooke Ripple, and um, Mason Weathermeyer as Claude, amongst other um, voice actors. So the basic premise of the movie is this. The entire world is broken down into the four elements of um, the world. So fire, wind, water, and earth. And different creatures come from each of those categories of people. Now you have Ember, who is living her life as a fire element person and falls in love with somebody who is a water element person, who is Wade, even though they are vastly different from each other. Obviously, this is a movie that talks about symbolism or uses symbolism as a way to describe um, how we can be different, but still try to get along and still try to um, find common ground. It's a great message. It is a fun movie. It is funny and pretty romantic. The only thing I'll say about it is if you're expecting to take your kids to watch this movie and for them to totally enjoy it, um, it's not as fun as some of the other Pixar stuff. It's not a Toy Story. It's not a Cars. It's not even an Incredibles. It's more in the in, in the line of the movie Soul, which has a very deep message about life and, and how to live life. But it's a lot more of a, I won't say adult, but it's an older kind of a subject matter. And your kids might not find it as fun. But it was still a fun movie to watch. So I'm going to give Elemental seven wind or, or bags of wind <laughs> out of 10. I mean, uh, bags of wind, but wind plays an interesting part of this movie. But hey, guys, that's my rocker review. And now, Geeks on the Go. Geeks on the Go. Now with more mortar snails. Now with more immortus oh. nails. <laughs> it took a while to catch what he said. <laughs> I thought he said immortus snails. I'm like, your enunciation is well. Technically, he did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, everybody. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we make it under a minute so many times that Ralph begrudgingly presses that button that says that I won. Never again. Until now. Never again. (laughs) All right. Ready, set, go. Does DC's Animal Man need his own live action movie? Ralph. Let me ask you a question. Do you want a movie about a man who could turn into nothing but just embody the power of all the animals? Oh, God. Mike. Yes, but only if I can write it and direct it. Oh, boy. All right. David Ayers keeps saying that he has so much left on the cutting room floor for Suicide Squad. Are you the least bit curious to see it? Mike? No. Zack Snyder had things left on the floor, too, and it proved to be dried turds. Oh, man. Ralph. He should really clean up his floor if he's just leaving it there. Wow. (laughs) And what does James Gunn need to do for the new DC Cinematic Universe to make it a success? Ralph. The opposite of everything that came out. 
Wow, Mike. Stop making movies with DC writers. <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not, for the last episode of 2023, present victory. Fuck you. Nope. Fuck you. Fuck wrong. you. Fuck you. Again, Ralph, the wrong button. I want Joe the intern to see what winning streak we're on. I don't know the last time I, I that, that we missed it. I don't know. It's been a while. I want to say probably, I think even going into episode 200. So that's like 50 episodes. Nah. nah I think so. I don't think it's been 50. I, I think so, Mike. I, I'm, I'm willing to. Well, you have to understand, first of all, with our rate of episodes coming out, that would be over a year ago. Oh, God. And there's no way that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I really think so. That's just me. I don't know. All right. Shout outs. Do we have any shout outs, gentlemen? Especially being this being the last episode of 2023. Any shout outs? Anything special? I would like to shout out you guys who are awesome. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you. I would also like to shout out my two fellow co hosts here. I love you. You're my brothers. And another year. Yeah. You're 11. Hmm? Yeah, you're <laughs> you're, God, you sound like you're counting it down in jail. <laughs> you're 11. <laughs> Sorry, that was, my, that, was, that was my Victor's ass. I apologize. <laughs> Mike. Uh, I guess I can shout out you guys, but you know, you're here and I don't like you. But uh, nah, I love these guys. They're fantastic. But I like to uh, shout out to Santa Claus because, you know, I'm still here, Santa. And, you know, you've kind of been passing by my house. They're not even coal. And, you know, as chilly as it's getting now, I'd even take that at this point. <laughs> you have to say the magic words. Uh, now? Santa baby, oh. come down the chimney tonight. Yeah. Was it a and Santa he, baby? And I forgot one thing, a ring. And I don't mean on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> come down the chimney. That sounds like a sexual offense. Probably. <laughs> that just sounds horrible. I'm not a lawyer, are you? I, I, I wouldn't even touch that. I wouldn't touch that chimney either. <laughs> Let's get Giuliani to be your lawyer. Uh, no, he drips too much. <laughs> no, I also like to shout out to all you guys that are listening. Thank you. Hopefully, we'll see you in the new year. And yeah, I have a quiz that yeah, it's 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 not going to be nice. I <laughs> mentioned that at the beginning of the show because Mike gave me a sneak preview of what the new segment's going to be. Holy hell, I'm not going to like him anymore. I'm, I'm going to get a new call. I so- have to write it. Even I don't like me. <laughs> the cap had flashbacks from when he was back in high school and it was like that final exam that he wasn't prepared for. He was sweating balls. He had that um, very lucid dream where School, you got right, but I got flashbacks of trying to ask out the girl that I know is going to tell me no uh, and embarrass the hell out of me, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's what the segment feels like. Like, I know I'm going to fail miserably. Well, she was also the one that was giving out the test, so you should stop hitting your teachers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but then also like to shout out family. I'm going to see a lot of you soon, but, you know, I know you're not listening to any of this, but one day, you know, when they discovered this in some large cave and the great, 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 grand whatever nieces nephews of mine are there and listening to it and you know like somewhere like 400 years in the future and they're going to turn to me and go did you really make that episode i'll be like oh yeah (laughs) and you're really 27 (laughs) i'm still 27 (laughs) thanks uncle blackula (laughs) what happened to auntie she's not coming anymore (laughs) oh man all right um 
it's weird because I didn't really consider this to be the last episode of the year until I did the math when we were talking together. And I'm like, wait, so this is right before Christmas. And obviously we do a two week, you know, we, we do it every two weeks. So it's like, oh, wow, we're, we're really going to be the last one. And by the way, we do this every two weeks. You just don't get them for every two months. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. So hopefully we get a new artist in the new year. So when you hear this, happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give my shout outs first. First off, um, a really solid, a, a, a really hard felt shout out to um south carolina south carolina's um mom's been under the weather has not been doing good has been in the hospital and i just want to send warm wishes to you your mom your family and i hope everything turns out better south carolina so things are better um shout out to tinkerbell whose daughter graduated college holy smoke tinkerbell i remember when your daughter was two years old now she's graduating college what in the effing blank Hey, Tinkerbell, I just want to let you know, evidently, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> but the cap is older. Yeah. Not by and much. And everyone's older than me. <laughs> of course, yeah, because, I mean, if I lie about my age, too, sure. <laughs> Shout out to everybody that, that, that has run alongside us, everybody, everything from Troy to, to Steven to um, King Koopa. I was like, Mr. Koopa Ivan. Wow, to... he's been king now. Holy hell. No, no, When no, was that but... coronation? Oh, no, but he is self- It was quite lovely, actually. Self-coronated, yes, Ivan, I said that. <laughs> um, all the cakes were shaped like different Nintendo products. All right. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Hipster Tom. Shout out to Johanna. Shout out to... Um, Oh, actually, shout out to Ruben, who I bumped into on the street the other day. Holy cow. He's out of jail? <laughs> <laughs> he exists outside the dungeon? <laughs> well, I saw him, and I was like, Riley and I were waiting for the for the bus, and he showed up behind me, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? So after I gave him a hug, we're talking. Um, he goes, I live right in this area. I'm like, you do? You're right down the block from where I, where I work? And I only see you now? <laughs> see, well, actually, what happened was he was trying to pick the, cap, the cap's pocket, mm-hmm. And he's his training is just not as good as. Oh it yeah, he didn't he didn't uh, fa- he didn't factor in for uh, the cap's super sensitive butt. Yeah. <laughs> he's also got really really big hands. So he, he, you know he reminds me he reminds me of Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> I'm gonna wreck it. I'm gonna wreck it. <laughs> so shout out to to Ruben. Good seeing you. Um, obviously shout out to Big Daddy Kev. Kev. Yeah, Big Kev. Um, shout out to well, as always. And your baby. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> and, Daddy. And shout out to Jen, who's been taking it on the chin like a champ. Ma, ma. <laughs> now, does she keep the baby also in the cornfield with Kev? Or is it only when, when he's spending time with Kev? Well, I mean, I think I think that's how she gets peace and quiet to keep Kev in the cornfield. That's right. <laughs> you got, remember, she's got, well, she's got three boys. You've got her son, and then she's got, you know, um, you know the the, the baby, yeah. right. but but what I'm saying is that you know the you know the other son's pretty quiet. You got Kevin, you got Grayson. Now nah, only one of them could be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only one of them could be there. Um, and of course, shout out to Emmons from Marvel, who always like when's another episode coming out, and when are you guys gonna shout me? I shout you out all the time, Emmons from Marvel. <laughs> you just don't listen to the end, <laughs> and no. you won't know that because you're not gonna listen to the end. <laughs> she no, she no, she listened to uh, besides Lady J. Shout out to you, Lady J. You know you're getting a shout out. She listens to episodes. She's like, you know, in in two episodes ago, and she'll tell me something, and I've got to really think about what did I say. <laughs> what did the guy say? <laughs> then, so, I, so M, if you ever see me with a blank look, that's me searching my brain to think what the frick we said that episode. Well, you know, each episode for us is like a fever dream. We never actually remember what we say afterwards. I viciously deny ever having done a podcast when everyone was like, "Remember episode?" I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but this is your voice. Nope. 
What's it mean? <laughs> deep AI fake. <laughs> deep AI fake. That's a really good deep fake. Um, also, shout out to Lady J. Thank you very much for um, really, you know, really supporting me and really making me feel like I, I can still do this. So I, my, my, much love to you. I love you. And thank you for everything. Um, shout out to Lady J. And hey, last but not he least. He didn't call you old this time. I never call her old. Yeah, someone does. If someone does. Someone not named Cap. How about that one? And it's not the tech. It's not me. So that only goes back to Cap. Nah, <laughs> doesn't work that way. And of course, finally, shout out to you guys. We've been working together for 10 and a half years. I love you both. You guys are my brothers. You guys are people that are, you know, if I didn't have this show, I don't know how this would run out. I might be robbing banks or I, or I might be like Madame Rouge with a flamethrower going to some industry. That was a nice flamethrower. That was a nice flamethrower. Yes. It was. It was okay. I mean, no, that that well, was, was like, a nice outfit with the flamethrower. Yeah, though. that too. <laughs> that flamethrower was like the Cadillac of flamethrowers, man. And I know flamethrowers. Don't would ask you, how I know flamethrowers. Would you really use Cadillac as the, as the barometer of like really good? All right, it was the Hagen Dazs of flamethrowers. Does that help? <laughs> What's with these old references? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, I think we can bring it to a close. So for um, Mike, also known as MFG and RG Squared Rob the Tech, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky, and we will see you in the new year. Have a good one.